Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. Welcome to episode seven. Happy Tuesday. Yes, we are recording after school for the very first time and I can say that we are exhausted. Yeah, so please excuse me if I cannot speak today. (laughs) I have already spoken quite a lot. Yes, this morning... I was already starting with my words, like the first few sentences I said to I know. Students, I was like, <laughs> Literally yesterday I was so tired when I got home from school that I decided to treat myself and I went to Ulta and bought myself perfume just because I got through Monday. You know, sometimes you have to treat yourself in order to make it through that day. And it's almost October, which is like the worst month, so. Yeah, because, well, I have a break, but a lot of yeah. <laughs> teachers don't have a break in October. Yeah. So I'm not excited about it. But once you get to November, it's basically February, is how I like to look at it. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, I don't think we have any announcements. Nothing new in terms of, like, podcast things. Nothing to announce. No. Okay. So we can get started. Um, Today we are going to be doing the Black Swan Murder I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to find, like, a ton about it online, like, in terms of other people doing podcasts, because it's pretty new. So I got most of my information from a Vanity Fair article, but my friend actually requested this one. Ooh. So shout out to Erin, because she requested this one, like, a week and a half ago. And oh, thanks, Erin. Yeah, and already did it. Wow, look at you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So that's where I got the idea for this. Um, But like I said, it's like a pretty little known one. Like I feel like I've never heard about it before. Um, But it's kind of crazy. So I'm going to read just a quick synopsis and then we're going to get into it. On September 27th, 2020, Ashley Benefield, a 28-year-old former ballerina, walked to her neighbor's house and announced that she had shot her husband, Doug, in self-defense. She, along with her mother and her lawyer, claimed that she had been living in fear of Doug for the last three years. However, Doug's daughter and family believe that Ashley killed Doug out of spite. Ashley was charged with second-degree murder, but her trial has not occurred as of yet, so she has never been formally, like, convicted of anything. Wow. And it's called the Black Swan Murder because she was a former ballerina. Yeah, yeah. I felt... Yeah, when you said ballerina, <laughs> I was like, oh, I see why. Sorry, I just kicked My all your things <laughs> under the desk. That's okay. Okay. So, I'm going to get started just by talking about Ashley's and Doug's early life. So, Ashley was born Ashley Byers in 1992, I think in Charleston, but I only saw that in one source, so I'm not completely sure. This entire thing basically takes place in Charleston, so it would make sense, but I just, I'm not totally sure. Um... As a child, she took ballet and danced in a lot of youth ballet companies. She was an extremely talented dancer, but eventually she was pushed out of the sport because of her height. She was called too tall to dance in major companies, and this sparked her passion for creating her own company later in life. She was like 5'9", which is not like crazy tall. That's so sad. If that's like her dream and they're like, you're too tall. Yeah, but... 
Um, I mean, we'll get into this, into this later when she talks about like what she wants to create, but um, like ballet companies are so restrictive on like your height and what you have to look like and everything. But she yeah. was like five nine and was told that she was too tall to join. So eventually, she stopped dancing, um, and she modeled for a short period of time, and eventually, like worked as a swimsuit model. So she was like really pretty. Like she was, she's very good looking. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say, like, she can go to modeling because yeah. you need to be, be at tall. least, like, 5'9 to yes. be a model. Yeah. Um, she had been married once in her life but divorced relatively quickly. Her friends often said that Ashley shot, like, sought protectors in relationships, so people who could provide for her and, like, help her reach her goals in life. Okay. So she often went after people that were a little bit more established and had some more connections. Um just people that she knew she could like depend on like she was not interested in being the i guess like provider or being yeah. like the one that was like in charge you know she like wanted to be helped by somebody else yeah i understand i wonder if she grew up that way and that's why she wanted yeah maybe but, with you know with her parents and yeah. things like that um doug benefield was born in charleston in 1962 so she was born in 1992. Oh. <laughs> he was born in 1962. That's a pretty big age gap. Yeah. He joined the Navy um, and then worked as a consultant for tech companies and for the government. So he worked in some like pretty high-flying things. Okay. Um, but he was pretty well-established in his job since he was 30 years older than her. Yeah, I guess like if she did want to find someone who was established, they're most likely going to be older. Yeah. But I was not thinking that much older. 30 years yes. older. How old was she at the time? Um, she was 24, but we'll get into that when okay. we'll get into like that meeting. So Doug married a woman when he was younger, but they ended up divorcing. Um, they weren't together for like that long, like they never had any kids or anything. And he then married a woman named Renee Kosar, and they had one daughter together, Eva. And unfortunately, Renee passed away in January 2016. From a coronary artery sclerosis, which is like a heart condition. Mm-hmm. So it was like basically like a heart attack. It was like very sudden. It was not like a long illness or anything. It was just like a very sudden illness. So it was like basically like a heart attack from oh, what I could understand. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, and when this happened, Eva, their daughter, was actually the one to find her. So she was 15 when this happened, um, which must have been like so challenging. Mm-hmm. For her to have to deal with her mother's passing at this age, like, 15 is already such a tough time to just exist in. Yeah, especially, like, without your mom there. Yeah, and then having to deal with this, too. Like, just must have been awful. Um, Eva said that after her mom died, Doug took on, like, a lot of the responsibility, both in, like, a typical motherly and fatherly way. So she said that he, like, really stepped up and not only took care of her in a physical way, like, kept on working really hard and kept on providing for her and them both, um, but also, like, really focused on her emotional health as well. So he, she said that, like, he was really, really good at helping her out with, like, school problems and boy problems, and he wasn't, like, shy to do that. Like, he was really open about, like, talking to her about things like that, like, that maybe she would have gone to her mom for before, and says that he was always incredibly loving, like, throughout the entire thing. I'm glad that she had him. Yes. Because a lot of people, I feel like when that happens, like, their dad shuts down. Yeah. You know, it's, like, more difficult for him to be a fatherly figure. Uh So I'm glad that he, like, stepped up. Yeah. So she she always says, like, 
she keep, like always repeats like he was like a really good dad like in spite of everything that happened um with her mom like he was always there for her like no matter what that's good so like i said um when she was 24 years old ashley met doug benefield um so this was in september 2016 and ashley was working actually working on donald trump's election campaign um so she seemed like she was like a relatively important part of his like kind of entourage um so she's like she said that she had been with him on his plane like she had like flown with him like on his plane around the country yeah and had been in meetings with him um like i said she's very pretty so she said that he like was around her enough that he would call her like a bombshell and his baby so like you know, she, like, obviously had been around him for, like, like in close contact, you know? So it just seems like she was, like, yeah. kind of an important, important part. Which is, like, pretty impressive. Like, at 24, that's, like, a pretty big job to have. Yeah, I mean, we're 24. <laughs> like, I'm not flying around trying to get somebody elected. Um, but she was, like, her role was focused on working on, like, rallies. So, like, going organizing them like kind of announcing them like getting the crowd all riled up before like he went out and spoke um and then she was like specifically targeting like the evangelical christian vote which ended up being like a really big part of his voting block um so like i said like it seemed like she had like a pretty big role in this yeah that seems like a pretty cool job to like be involved in yeah with this campaign but (laughs) (laughs) don't worry we all learned some more things that she loved that i was like oh okay <laughs> more questionable things more questionable things oh. so one evening um ashley was working at a fundraiser in palm beach for ben carson who was like another republican um politician and so she was just at this event i think like part of trump's entourage like that's why she was there and she met doug and i'm not sure like why doug was there because he wasn't working on the trump campaign like i think he was just does a lot of consulting for like government agencies and things like that so i think that, that that's why he got an invite to this fundraiser but she met doug who was 54 at the time so he is 30 years older yeah um and immediately they started to hit it off like his friends are like oh they like just immediately started talking and like did not stop talking the entire night like they immediately hit it off Mm -hmm. we're talking about everything um and doug was said to be like completely enamored with her like immediately head over heels like he went home and he's like i can't stop talking i can't stop thinking about this woman like I mean, I'm sure she's a model. Yeah. She's 24. <laughs> she's way younger than him. Yeah. So um, they bonded over their conservative ideals, especially over the belief that, like, all people have the right to carry guns. So, like, that was, like, a main form of their belief, which is, like, mm-hmm. ironic considering what happens later. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, on that night, Ashley was carrying multiple guns, one in her purse and one in her bra. So he probably went, like, crazy over that, you know? Like, he just loves guns. And now this hot girl has one in, like, next to her boobs, so... Wait, that night? Yes. (gasps) I thought you meant the night of, like, the murder. No, like, that night. Which I was, like, kind of surprised. I was, like, surprised that they would allow people to carry guns into a, like, An an event with, like, really important politicians there, but... Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Know, we're in the, where it's the Midwest or, I mean, <laughs> wait, where is Charleston? <laughs> it's, in the South. it's in South Carolina. <laughs> that's considered the South? 
Oh. <laughs> it's literally on the coast. <laughs> it's like on the oh. coast. Yeah. But I think they're in Palm Beach, which is in Florida. Okay. So, anyway. Um, yeah, but I mean, regardless, both both places I feel like are pretty heavily Republican. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I was just surprised. I was like, I would not expect that to be allowed, but I guess it was. Anyway, um, so two days after this fundraising event, uh, Doug had to leave for a business trip, so he traveled a lot through his job because he was a consultant, so he, he traveled quite a lot. And he and Ashley texted the entire time, like, which is an interesting way to start a relationship, like... They only met each other at this event and then basically started this whole relationship just by texting for a week straight. Like, they didn't go on any dates. They didn't do anything. Like, they just texted for a week straight. Um, and they were saying that they loved each other within the week. So, like, by the end of, like, the week that he was on the business trip, like, they were like, oh, I love you. Like, calling each other all these pet names. Like, honey, baby. So, just, like, a very fast whirlwind yeah. start to this romance. Uh-huh. And, I mean, maybe you know if you love somebody like that quickly but it didn't really sound like it was a lasting sort of love as we'll see so I was a little skeptical um and he was so enamored with him that as soon as he came back from the trip 13 days after he met her uh he asked her to marry him 13 days (laughs) after they met (gasps) That's too soon. And it was like, literally, he had been on this business trip for the entire time. Like, they had just been texting this entire time, and he came back, and he's like, we have to get married. Like, I love you. So, 14 days after he met, so he asked her to marry him, and then the next day, they got married. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, 14 days after they met, Ashley and Doug were married in, kind of in secret. Like, it was like very low-key like yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of yeah. people are gonna judge him yeah um at saint michael's episcopal church in charleston doug asked a close friend so one of his very close friends was like an ordained minister mm-hmm. or whatever you have to be uh trip cormany to marry him at ashley trip said that he was not incredibly pleased with the idea of marrying his friend after such a short time like of him knowing this woman but he agreed and was like oh it's in the spirit of being loyal to my friend which I feel like if being loyal to your friend maybe, like, means, like, warning them against this thing. Yeah, like, telling them you're making a big mistake. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean. I mean, he is older, so maybe he was like, you know, let him get married before he runs out of time. Yeah. But, like, what about her friends? Ex- yeah. I don't, I don't know if they knew. Like, yeah, it was, like, a very secretive kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um. But because they were very religious as well, like they would text each other Bible verses every day, mm-hmm. Doug said that he did not want to have sex with Ashley until they were married. So maybe he just like really wanted to have sex with her. And so he's like, we have to get married immediately. <laughs> that makes more sense now. I yeah. But like, I don't know. I, was like, I yeah. feel like you could probably hold off. Anyway. Um, and keep in mind, this is only nine months after the death of his second wife yeah i feel like that's very soon yeah and what about his daughter so i'm i was literally about to say that um doug and ashley invited almost nobody to their wedding including doug's daughter eva (gasps) so like she was really upset about that because like i said like she and her dad were super close they had a really really good relationship 
Um, and so Eva said that Doug called her downstairs one night and her dad was like, oh, well, I need to talk to you about like mine and Ashley's relationship. And she was like not happy about this because mm-hmm. like her mom had just passed away yeah. and like suddenly her dad's dating somebody who's 30 years younger than him. Like she's only nine years older than Eva. Like she and Eva, Ashley and Eva are closer in age than Ashley and Doug. Like she just was not happy about this whole thing. But she was like, yeah, my dad called me downstairs one night and was like, I need to talk to you about her. And she was like, well, the only reason I want to know anything, like, I only want to know if you propose. Like, that would be the only reason we would need, I would need to know anything. And she was like, oh, well, he said we're married. Like, so that's how they, she found out. Like, she, they didn't even invite her. And, like, she just found out because he just, like, sprung this on her one That night. is so upsetting. I like, know. I can't imagine being the daughter and being told. Oh, like, we just got married after 14 days yeah. of dating. And I was invited to the wedding, yeah. even. <laughs> yeah. So she was pissed. So Eva and Ashley did not get along at all, um, which I feel like is probably due a lot in part to the fact that, like, it seems like her dad did not kind of include her in a lot of these big decisions, like, especially with her mom passing away just nine months before like I feel like her dad should have looked out for her a little bit more and like made her part of this team because that's like a huge decision to decide to marry somebody and then he just goes off and does it yeah whatever yeah and like you said they usually communicate with each other and tell each other everything and the fact that he's not doing that anymore like can maybe cause some jealousy between them yeah so Eva was mourning the death of her mother, obviously, and Ashley and Eva were closer in age than Ashley and Doug. Ashley became upset that Doug would choose Eva over her at times. Mm-hmm. So being upset that he would choose his daughter over her, um, which it's his daughter. I mean, it's his daughter. And then like, but then it's like they're in a new relationship. So it's like you understand like why they would want to she would want to spend all her time with him but like mm-hmm. also you have to be that's literally his daughter like i feel like if you enter into a relationship with a guy that has a kid like you have to know that they're gonna choose their kid over you at times yeah, you know and this shouldn't be a competition no like, you and she was like that. treating it like one so she was definitely treating it like a competition um and ashley um and eva would like eva got mad at Ashley for kind of trying to be a mother figure. So Eva resented her for trying to mother her and trying to step in on Doug's relationship, like, with her. Yeah. So Eva said that Doug encouraged Ashley to provide motherly advice to Eva, and Eva said that she wasn't in a space to, like, want that or need that from anybody, which is, like, I feel like it's obvious. Like, your mom just died nine months ago, and now, like, your dad is trying to encourage, like, some random girl who's nine years older than you, like, could be your sister, to, like, try and mother you. Like, yeah, I would that was annoyed. a dumbass, like, thing to <laughs> kind of suggest. Like, a dumb guy thing to just suggest, you yeah, know? Like, to understand why she's upset. Yeah. Um, Doug and Ashley also allowed Eva's friend Sydney to move into the house. I'm not sure, like, entirely why Sydney had to move in. But they did allow Sydney to move in, and that created, like, even more tension between everybody because then it was, like, two teenage girls, like, which can be a lot of drama in the first place. And then with, like, this whole kind of, like, toxic situation between the dad and your dad and your, like, new, I mean, 
mom, new like apparently. yeah like mom like who's trying to be your mother figure yeah. but like you don't see his mother figure like you and your friend like obviously you're gonna gang up on her yes. and then she's gonna lash out on everybody so things began to go like way downhill like pretty fast so Ashley and Doug became began to get in a lot of arguments with each other and with the two girls in the house as well um so apparently everybody in this family kept journals like I just kept on hearing about like all these journals that people were keeping I was like I have tried to keep a journal and like I read it for like one day and then never again so so yeah but apparently every single person in this house kept a journal oh that should be like good to for them to write about their feelings yeah reflect on them I yeah apparently it's not for them no So Ashley and Doug like actually kept a journal together and I think it was like one of those ones that gives you prompts and was like, you know, like one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so in the beginning of their marriage, like there would be a prompt like what inspires you? And they'd be like, Ashley, like Doug inspires me. Like it would be like very loving about each other. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like what do you love about your partner? Like everything. Like just like very lovey-dovey and like they clearly show a couple like in lust with each other like I'm not gonna say in love because of all the things that are like begin to happen like it just seems like it was a very fleeting moment like they're like really really into each other and they thought it was like falling in love but it was a little bit I don't think it I think it was like a little bit way more toxic than that you know yeah but it just seems like they were like really obsessed with each other in the beginning which I feel like is normal for a new relationship like Mm -hmm. you're just like really obsessed with them and that's like all you can think about and then you know healthy relationships grow into like a more like stable thing over time like maybe you don't think about them every single second but it's like you still reach out to them and like you're still like in love with each other just not as like obsessive you know which is not what this turned into so however as time went on like you can see from the journals they like just began to separate a little bit more like they began to fight more often and they got into like a lot more arguments so one time in a very heated argument, which was caused by Ashley reading Eva's journal, like I said, like everybody, everybody keeps journals in this house you and it doesn't, and it doesn't really seem like it like led to a lot of good things <laughs> happening. But anyway, so Ashley was trying to read Eva's journal and Eva found out about it and they got into this huge yelling and screaming match and whatever. So Doug was trying to break it up and like kind of handle the situation And, like I said, like, they owned guns. Like, they were, like, a family that believed in having guns and using them and whatever. So he pulled one out and, like, shot it into the roof of the house. Oh, my God. Like, as, like, a reaction to the situation. Um, And he was immediately regretful over what he had had done. So he, like, talked to his friend. He was, like, the dumbest thing he'd ever done in his life, which is true. But, like, it doesn't change. Like, that's, like, it doesn't change, like, what he did, you know? Like, so... It seems like he did have a very sharp temper, um, but this seemed to be, like, the only time that he kind of exhibited that, because, like I said, like, Eva had never mentioned something like this before, but I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're capable of this, like, if that's, like, your first reaction towards something, then I just, I don't know. I mean, nothing else is reported, but I'm just, like, wondering. Um... So you might think that after this, Doug and Ashley's relationship would be on the rocks and, like, not going well. But just two days after that incident, they threw, like, uh, because they hadn't invited anybody to their wedding. Like, it was, like, a really small affair. Mm 
um, they threw a wedding reception party. So, like, just two days after this whole thing had gone on, they threw a party and invited, like, all their family and friends to come celebrate their marriage since, like, they didn't do it the first time around. Oh, great. Yeah. Do you think they already had it planned or are they just... I mean, probably, but, like, in, even after this, like, nothing is really wrong, like, after this. Like, like things only start going, happened. yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so they, they threw a wedding reception party and they wanted to celebrate their marriage, uh, what they hadn't done before. Um, yeah, which I feel like makes me think that, like, he had blown up before and, like, it wasn't that big of a deal and she's just, like, naming this one episode because he had, like, pulled a gun out before, but, I'm like, that would be pretty concerning, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, feel I, like I, would... I thought that only happened in movies. Yeah, but... I guess I don't know anything about living in this okay. house. <laughs> but that doesn't happen Well, in once you move there, you can, you can also put a gun in your bra, so... <laughs> pretty cute. <laughs> All right. So, whatever, they're, they're married... Kind of happily, although fighting more. Um, and Ashley and Eva are not getting along. Blah, blah, blah. So Ashley's big dream in life was to open her own ballet company. Because like I said, she had danced a lot for ballet companies when she was younger. And she had been like really very highly trained. She just like was not given the opportunity to join any professional companies because of her body type. So because she had been pushed out of the sport when she was younger... She wanted to create a company that was more inclusive, both, like, physically and racially. So she was, like, really into creating, like, a very diverse ballet company. Um, and there is, like, a huge lack of diversity in ballet. Like, I feel like ballet just, like, mm-hmm. there's such a strict stereotype and, like, guidelines almost of, like, what you have to fit into. Like, you have to be between, like, a very small range of height. Like, most ballerinas are white. Like, most yeah. ballerinas are super skinny. Like, you have to, like, f- fit a very small, I don't know, stereotype of, like, what you are to be successful in this sport. So she really cared about, like, kind of breaking out of that, which is, like, yeah. cool. Like, that's, like, really cool, you know? Especially because this is a sport that is so, like, kind of segregated and, like, mm-hmm. cut off for a lot of people. So Ashley's goal is to create a ballet company that highlighted and celebrated racially diverse and physically unconventional dancers. So like dancers that are were too tall, like her, dancers that were too short, dancers that who were fat, dancers who were black, like all of these different types, body types and just groups of dancers that had kind of like not been given an opportunity to perform in other ballet companies yeah. due to the way that they looked that's such a great idea yeah it actually is like which is it's sad because like it never really gets off the ground like it never really happens but like it is a really good idea and i'm like somebody should like actually do that like somebody should actually kind of like focus on that you know because yeah. that was like a this was like a really good idea and she's very passionate about this so she wanted to break out of like the cookie cutter quote-unquote Um, harsh guidelines that controlled who was able to dance in like the big ballet companies like the really famous ones so she turns to Doug to do this um like I said she kind of liked people who had a direction in life who kind of knew what they were doing who had more maybe more connections a little bit more like financial ability and so she turned to Doug to kind of help her create this ballet company since she knew she couldn't do it by herself So in 2017, 
Doug decided to help her out with her dreams of creating her own company. They opened the American National Ballet in Charleston. So she and Doug went around and kind of interviewed people and like looked for people who maybe were in companies but were unhappy there, people who had been pushed out of companies that they heard about, and they hired 47 in total uh, ballerinas and ballet dancers of like all shapes and sizes. And a lot of them were so overjoyed to be given a spot at this company like they had been talking about how they had faced discrimination because Mm -hmm. of like their skin color or because of how much they weighed or how like tall they were so it really sounds like she hired like a a truly diverse mix of ballet dancers which was cool um many of them were extremely skilled dancers like like her and very very driven like her who had not been given a chance at another company because of their height, their weight, or their race. Um, So this was in Charleston, like, where Ashley and Doug lived, and so they wanted to create this, like, state-of-the-art studio in Charleston. They wanted this, like, whole company to be based out of Charleston, and they kind of wanted to form, like, a a company that was more, like, a community. So, like, they wanted to form, like, a family, like, wanted it to be more tight-knit than just a job. So they asked all their hires to rent apartments in a specific building um and we're like oh we're gonna have like a premium studio for all of you guys like we're gonna have a studio in this building like you you know it's the studio is gonna be right across the street like so this you know just talking like a very big game like making it seem like this was gonna be like an amazing like like a school yes yeah like just like an amazing opportunity for them which i feel like it's so sad because they kind of end up being one of the victims in this whole thing because like Mm -hmm. none of this ever pans out and like it's their passions too and a lot of them like moved to charleston like they're not from here like they moved here just for this like they signed leases just for this and then it's like they're never given the chance to perform or like work for this company you know for like more than a month so i feel like they're another victim of this whole thing so for the time being, though, like while they claimed they were creating these, building these premium studios, um, they made the dancers practice in a small studio that belonged to like, I think it was like the lead choreographer, like the lead director of the ballet, who was like kind of in charge of creating all the dances and, and things like that. But it was like pretty small, like was not even big enough to fit like everybody in the ballet. So it, it was not a nice... Like, it was not what they had been told that they were practicing in, you know? Um, Doug and Ashley were trying to fundraise money for the company, but it was proving very difficult to raise enough money to cover construction of studio spaces in tandem with, the like, paying the dancers, like, the payroll of the dancers. Mm. Um, so it seemed like Doug was playing more of a fo- role in the financial aspect of the company, while Ashley wanted to focus more on, like, the values and the mission of the company, it seemed like Doug was not being entirely honest with Ashley about, like, how much money they actually, like, had access to because it just seemed like she was being very idealistic because she didn't know a lot about the financial situation, whereas he was, like, kind of behind the scenes, like, collecting the money and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like she had a lot of ideas and was maybe moving too quickly. Yeah. Whereas the money wasn't there. Yes. Yeah. So they were having trouble with that 
kind of thing. Okay. But I don't think she really knew about it. Like, it just didn't seem like she was really tuned into that portion of it. Like, she really only wanted to focus on, like, the dream of opening this, like, new company for ballerinas of all shapes and sizes, but, like, wasn't really too knowledgeable about, like, how that would happen, you know? Like, she kind of just, like, left that all up to Doug, who, like, didn't know anything about ballet, by the way. (laughs) Like, this was, like, his first, like foray into the world of ballet like he knew nothing about it so like how would you even like go around and market that like if you know nothing about ballet and now you're trying to like gain all this money for your ballet studio you know yeah I feel like they probably should have hired someone to help them yeah. out on that part yeah like marketing yeah but it was not going incredibly well on this ballet company front which was leading to like a few strains in their relationship mm-hmm. and I mean, getting a business off the ground is hard in the first place. Yeah, and it's, like, her dream. Yeah, and so I'm sure just it caused, like, even more tensions between them. And like I said, like, it had already been a kind of a strained relationship. Like, a lot more fighting was going on than in the beginning. The kids weren't getting along. Everything like that. So Ashley also wanted to chase another dream. Um, and that dream was of getting pregnant and having a baby with Doug. Um, she actually, Doug had actually had a vasectomy, like, earlier, and she forced him to reverse, reverse it. it, so she, like, really wanted a baby with him. Oh. Um, so in August 2017, in the midst of the creation of this company, so this is, like, in mid-2017 that they were creating this, I think in, like, July-ish, they were starting this, like, to take it off the ground, um, Ashley got pregnant with a baby girl. Eva remembers feeling very betrayed by Doug and Ashley's decision of a baby, and she felt like she was kind of being abandoned and, like, pushed mm-hmm. out of the house, yeah. you know? Um, and so she was not happy about this at all. Like, she felt like they were going to focus more on the baby than on her, and she was just not happy. So, obviously, this... Yeah, because she's still, like, pretty young. Yeah, she's, school. like, 16 at this point. Yeah. This is, like, a year later. And I feel like they're just adding on to their stressors. Yeah. Like, a baby is incredibly stressful. And now starting a business and adding that on. It was a lot, like, what they were having to deal with. So maybe not the best decision, but whatever. It's their life. So they decide to have a baby. And Eva was not happy. This heightened heightened tensions between Ashley and Doug and Eva even further. So they were not getting along. So they're not getting along, and now they have this new baby, and they have to try and create this whole ballet studio from the ground up. So it was just not a good situation in this household. So Ashley, when she got pregnant, she got really, really sick. Like, it was a very difficult pregnancy from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, she was bedridden. Like, she was really nauseous. Like, she couldn't keep anything down. Um, and she had these, like, massive headaches and just was super sick. So... She decided to leave Charleston, and this was, like, a... They, like, made this decision together. Like, she and Doug were like, oh, I think it will be better if you leave Charleston. Because Doug was like, well, I can't be home all the time to take care of you. And, like, he was like, fuck, no, I'm not taking care of her. Like, Yeah, why should she? And I yeah. like that always happens. Our responsibility falls on another kid. Yeah, like, like the, the oldest. oldest. Yeah, especially, like, the oldest daughter, you know? Like, I feel like is always, like, kind of used as babysitting yeah things like that that. yeah (laughs) exactly same um so she 
was like, fuck, no, I'm not taking care of her. So Ashley decided to move down to Florida where her mom lived. So she wanted to be moving with her mother throughout this whole pregnancy. Um, and this meant that Doug was basically left to run the ballet company like by himself because she was gone. She wasn't feeling well. And so he had to like make sure everything was running smoothly by himself and like no one really to help him out with like any part of the company which no wonder it didn't work yeah (laughs) so i mean i guess that there was really no other option because she was super sick Mm. but i don't know why you would decide to have a baby like in the yeah and they already hired everyone yeah like in the middle of like hold off for like a couple months girly pump like I understand you want to have a baby, but you're, she's, like, 25 years old. Like, it's it can wait. Like, you don't have to have a kid right now. Yeah, I guess she didn't ex- expect to be that sick. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Still. Anyway, so he was trying to run this ballet company for him, by himself. Things were not going well. Things were kind of circling the drain at this point. And this is, like, literally, like, a month and a half after they even opened it in the first place. So, like, it was really going downhill quick. Um, dancers at the company remember feeling more unsettled with the way things were like starting to pan out at at A and B at the ballet company. Um, they said that paychecks would come late. The new studio was like kept on being promised. Like they're like, oh, well it's like almost done. Like we just need to push it back another month. Like it was Mm -hmm. like kept on being like something new would always come up. Yeah. But they just kind of were more and more sus about it with like every single day something seemed to happen they probably yeah. like noticed she wasn't around or maybe yeah so that too they were like oh well she's gone like mm-hmm. she moved to florida like so now who the hell is He's leading running us the, yeah like it company. was it was just like a random chain of events that they were like well we're not confident in this at all so they said that doug would like often pay people in cash if they asked about their pay like they were not getting paid through paychecks. Like, he would just, like, pull out, like, an envelope of cash and be, like, oh here. <laughs> like, That's if they complain. Yeah. And a lot of other things happened, too. Like, ballet dancers, like, they need a lot of shoes. They said that their shoe allowance was, like, half of what they had, like, signed on for, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they were not given space to practice at the studio that they were promised. Um the studio that they were practicing at was, like, not even big enough to hold all of them, so they had to, like, go at different times. Like, it was just, like, a very weird situation, you know? Yeah. Can they get sued for that kind of thing? Um, if they I don't know. Contract, I don't know. I mean, hopefully they, like, you know, maybe got some compensation yeah. out of that. I don't know. If, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, one of the dancers said that they had lost all confidence in Doug and, like, that their other dancers felt the same way. And they were just, like, hoping that if when Ashley came back, like, after she had had her baby or, like, maybe when she was feeling better, that, like, when she came back, the ballet studio would, like, magically be better. It's, like, I mean, like, I guess you want to hold on to, like, every last bit of hope and it's, like, oh, it's just this bad because, like, she's gone. We don't have, like, the face and the values of our mission. Yeah. That it's, like, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Like, that's what this is really that's about. Also, like yeah, a big part. <laughs> yeah, like, she's not doing anything to get you more money. Like, she's that's not going to happen. So, 
I don't yeah, know. you still can't pay your dancers with mission and values. For, yeah, like, but they were just clinging on to this hope that yeah. she was, uh, she was coming back and everything was going to, like, go back to normal. Mm-hmm. However, she didn't really want to come back because she and Doug were not on the best of terms. So in September 2017, so this is, like, two months after the ballet company opened and one month after she had gotten pregnant, um... She drove back up to South Carolina from Florida, and she let herself into her and Doug's old apartment and wrote him a four-page breakup letter. So she wrote a four-page breakup letter, and this breakup letter is basically a list of all the things that she felt he was doing wrong. Like, that was this letter. She's like, I don't like you anymore. We're breaking up because this is all the things that you have done wrong to me ever in our entire relationship. You pulled them Pulls out the receipts from her diary. For real. Probably, her journal. She had, like, on, the, on her notes app, like, for real. <laughs> and on February like... <laughs> 19th. But the, how long have they been dating? Like this is, like, a year and oh, a, year. a okay. bit. Because when it, I said they met in September 2016. This is a year. September 2016. Okay. So and a while, then. this is September... 2017 when she broke up with him so like a year and so in a year this all this had happened like i mean i guess dating for a year is a pretty long time but like enough time to like move in together and get married and then shoot a gun into the ceiling and then open a ballet studio together and then fight with his daughter and then get pregnant like that is like a a a packed year like (laughs) i don't know but so whatever she broke up with him um, and in the note, she called him possessive and controlling. So she was like, oh, he's all, you are all these things. And she wrote about like the incident where he'd fired a gun into the ceiling and claimed that that, along with other unsafe behavior, had left her, quote, fearful for her life and the safety of her child. Which is like, that, that's valid. Yeah. yeah, like, I would be pretty scared if somebody fired a gun into the ceiling yeah. and now I was pregnant. Like, and you know they're capable of that? Even if they apologized, I'd be like, mm. I don't know. So she broke up with him. And she's like, don't contact me again. And if you do, I'll call the police. So I don't ever want to talk to you again. And she's like pregnant with his kid. Like a month pregnant with his kid. And she's like, I never want to speak to you again ever. Like it almost felt like she thought that this was just going to be the end of it. But I'm like, girl, you're married. Like you're pregnant with his kid. Like you can't just like break up with somebody. Like like you have to go through legal things now yeah. because you're married to them because you decide to get married 13 days into your relationship. Like this is why you don't marry somebody 13 days after you meet them because like sure, you might like them a lot then, but in a year now you don't want to be with them anymore and now you have to go to court and get a divorce and all this stuff. Like Yeah, I wonder if she talked to someone <laughs> in Florida and like or reflected or, like, it was, just seems all of a sudden, like, why now after he he already did that yeah. before? Yeah. So, I don't know. But she was like, we're done. And don't text me again. <laughs> so, Eva said that her father was heartbroken when he received the note and that he felt it, like, came out of nowhere. Like, he was like, oh, we were, like fine before she left like sure see what she was like stressed but i thought that was because of the company and the baby and whatever but like this just came out of nowhere like like i didn't even do half these things that she's saying i did in the letter like she's telling me all these things that i'm i'm being and it's like i she's saying i'm being super possessive and controlling and like i haven't even texted her for like the past week like she so she was she was 
she said that his her dad was like just blindsided by it um so obviously like as many people are when they get broken up with like he did not stop texting her and like trying to contact her so even though she said that you know stop texting me i don't want you to talk to me anymore he um was like no i'm gonna try and save this relationship like you're married and you have a kid on the way so i get it so he apologized for anything that like he had done and he begged her to come back. So one of the texts read, uh, I'm on my hands and knees and face or I'm on my knees and face before God asking you to forgive me. So he was just like really trying to get her back. Yeah. But after that text, she called the cops on him. So. Uh, oh my God, that escalated so quickly. So, well, she told him she was going to do it. Maybe so. it's the hormones, like the pregnancy hormones. Maybe. I think she's just crazy, to be honest. <laughs> so she did not like this. Um, so she called the police on Doug and she was like, he's stalking me. Like, you need to go arrest him. Like, I don't know. And she said, Eva said the cops showed up at their door. And that Ashley even called CPS, like, Children Protective Services, like, got them involved from all the way out in Florida and was, like, trying to get Eva and Doug separated. It was, like, Eva's not safe around him. Like, you know, he's, like, a bad guy. Like, this is what he did to me. Like, this is what he's going to do to his kid, you know? So Eva was, like, forced to answer questions about her relationship with Doug and had to kind of, like, prove that he was a good father to her, which must have been so traumatizing because she, like, just lost her mom. Yeah. Not even two years ago. And now this woman is trying to, like, make her lose her dad as well. So she had to, like, prove all of these things that nothing ever happened and that he was a good father and that she was safe in the house and all this. So Doug has to be going through these investigations and trying to run this ballet company and be worried about this crazy woman in the middle of Florida who's, like, having his baby also. Like... (laughs) Poor man. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this the ballet company was her idea. He put yeah. all his like not all his money, but a lot of his money in the company yeah. and now all of a sudden it's just like, nope. Yeah. Done. So what is he supposed to do now? Exactly. So like and by Eva's account, when she was explaining this, she was like, He was a good dad. Like like Ashley had claimed that Doug was super manipulative and controlling, but he was like, No he was never that way to me. Like and I don't know what went on in their private life, but, like, he never exhibited that kind of behavior, like, when he was with her, yeah. and he never exhibited that kind of behavior with me, and, like, he was a very loving, kind person, um, so she's, like, she, like, I don't know what she's trying to claim, like, mm-hmm. this stuff didn't happen that she's trying to say happened. Doug was subjected to a psychiatric evaluation, I think, to just, like, kind of see if he was a danger or, like, a threat to anybody, like, himself or his family. And, but he was ultimately cleared. So, like, CPS, like, didn't end up being able to do anything. Um, or the police, like, couldn't do anything. So it was, like, just kind of a waste of time. Like, she just called the police mm-hmm. on him for nothing. And then they were, like, literally, like, this man is not, said like, not is. dangerous, like, in the slightest. Like, yeah. we tested him and investigated, like, a bunch of these claims and didn't really come up with anything. So... In October, Doug basically pushed Ashley out of the ballet company. Like, she was still in Florida. She wasn't doing anything. She was not being a leader. Like, she wanted to be the leader of this whole company, and she, like, wasn't even responding to him. Like, she wasn't doing anything with the company. So he, like, basically pushed her out. Um, And she, like, left Doug to fend for himself, basically. So he was kind of, like, in charge of everything. So he basically pushed her out. Um, 
And she was not happy about this decision. She was like, he stole my company from me, which like kind of, yes. And I guess if it's like your big dream to do this, then like But it she is put that. in but all like, the money. But like, you're not even there, girl. Like, yeah. like you're not even there to run it. Like, what are you doing? Like, you just want this to be done for you, it seems like. And like, you have nothing to do, but you can just say that it's yours, you know? Yeah. That's kind of how it like, she didn't want to do any work. She just oh. wanted to. To, to show up to, and say, I yeah, did this. And, like, claim that she did this, mm-hmm. you know, and just be, like, this big name talked about. Yeah. Like, she created this, but she didn't want to, like, do anything to do it. I don't know. Um, on October 23rd, 2017, uh, Doug gathered the members of the company at the studio and made them all sign NDAs, which is, like, a non-disclosure, yes. like, <laughs> agreement. And so they were like, oh, no, like, what's about to go down? Like, so they... He banned them from, like, talking about anything that happened at the company or anything that was going to happen at the company to any, like, social media outlets or news outlets or, like, anybody in general. And then the very next day, he fired half the company, which is, like, sad, but also he had no money. Like, he had no money to pay them, so it's, like, either you... Yeah, he had to. Like, you fire them or what? Like, you kind of have to, yeah. like... Or you, they don't get paid, you know? So, obviously, they couldn't, like, say anything to any outlets. Um, mm. But I think the goal was that he was going to, like, start with a smaller company okay. and try and, like, grow from, like, a little bit of a smaller size up into, like, a larger, more prevalent That's company. probably where they should have started At the, from. Yes. Like, with not, I don't know how many dancers they, they had. They had 47 at the beginning. Okay, 47. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. to, like, begin with. And they were, like, the first payroll, they had to pay, like, $100,000, which is, like, an in insane... In total or to each? In total. Okay. Which is... But that's an insane that amount of money lot, that, like, yeah. you have to fundraise from nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to fundraise that from other people, and a lot of it was just by himself or, like, money he borrowed from other people. So I think that was the goal, but it obviously never ended up happening because he just yeah. kind of it just kind of fizzled out. But that was the goal, I think, of firing people, like firing half of the mm-hmm. studio. And I think he wanted to like kind of raise it up from whatever the twenty people that yeah. were left. Um, but Ashley posted all over social media, uh, on the social media of the ballet company so she was like posting from the socials of the ballet company saying that she was like forced out and that she did not agree with any of the decisions that the new leadership was making and all this stuff so it's like they seemed like doug kind of seemed like he wanted to keep it quiet like that's why he had them all sign NDAs in the first place so he wouldn't like leak this everywhere (laughs) here she is posting on instagram yeah and like make a scandal out of it which would be even harder to fundraise money and everything and now she's like creating this whole big deal out of it which like, definitely ruined your chances of getting more money because, like, if anybody Googles this place, company, like, it's, yeah. this is going to come up. Like, it's going to be, be a, like, first. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that so scared, scared me. <laughs> um, my Google Minis just went <laughs> off and asked us how our day was going. We didn't even say oh, the words. My heart just stopped. <laughs> I thought there was something in your closet. Why do you want to know how my day's going? (laughs) 
Oh my god. Okay, that was terrifying. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Ashley was still in Florida at this time. She was living with her mom, like I said. Um, and so she was still suffering from extreme illness. Like her pregnancy was still not going well. As one of her last resorts, so she was like trying to figure out what's wrong with her um, in her pregnancy, she sent her hair to a testing company, the Carlson Company. So just like a company that kind of like tests blood and hair and whatever and just like test for any sort of diseases or things that might be causing your illness so the lab itself like a carlson company lab is a little bit suspicious like it just does not seem like it was the most i don't trust yes like trustworthy lab out there and it was actually part of another case but like i remember hearing about this in another case and it was kind of a big part of another case because it had like gotten the testing results wrong mm. so like a lot of these results like if they've shown up in court like have been disproved in court like they like present these results as findings and then it's like they're not actually true so you think she knew about the company i don't know but she used the results from the company to claim something mm. and this company is like not it doesn't really seem like that legit so she sent her hair over to this company and the Carlson company sent back a report that was like, you have higher than normal levels of like heavy metals in your hair, mm-hmm. um, which is like not good for your health. So this yeah. might be why you're suffering from this illness. Cause like you have higher than level normals of, I don't even know what that would consist of, but I've never heard of that. Yeah. So Ashley got these results and she was like, okay, well the only explanation for this is that Doug is, has been poisoning me. So that's why I'm so sick. He's been poisoning me. And so she was like, he definitely has been poisoning me with my tea that he drank, that we drank together every morning. Like, that's how he started poisoning me. But I thought she lived in Florida. She did. But this is like a month and a half after she moved out, which I don't, I guess, I don't know. Like, maybe she thought that the effects of the poison were like Um, still in her system, you know? From before. Yeah. I don't know. But at one point during this whole time, Doug also mailed Ashley a, like a tea set because uh, apparently that was a thing. Like they didn't drink coffee, they drank tea and they were like really into oh, tea or something. Yeah. So he like mailed her a tea set and tea that was like supposed to like help pregnant women feel better, which is like a really nice gesture. Like, yeah. and she's like, I'm taking this to the police. So she like took this he all to the police. And she's like, this is poison. Like, <laughs> test this for poison right now. They found nothing. So. But she she was like, he's definitely poisoning me. Like, for sure. That's why I'm so sick. So Ashley also claimed um, during this time that Doug was physically abusive and held her prisoner back in Charleston. Like, she was like, he didn't allow me to leave the house and I wasn't allowed to do this. But she didn't really provide any proof for this. And there is no proof ever found that any mm-hmm. of those things actually happened. But she said that. Um, and she also said that he had been stalking her in Florida. Like, he had been coming to Florida and stalking her, which... He has to run your ballet company that you don't want to run. Like, I don't think he has time for that. And you all are married. And Is he, this when they're married? And, yeah, they're still married. Yeah. And he still has a kid. Like, yeah, I don't I, think that you have time for this. I don't think he has time for this, Miss Girl. Like, he's in South Carolina. Like, I don't think he's in Florida. So, whatever. Seven months, eight months go by, and she ends up having the baby. She's still in Florida, like, so she's having this baby in Florida, and she has a baby, and she doesn't even tell Doug, like, that she has this baby, and it's, like, his baby, like, but she doesn't even, she doesn't tell him that she has this baby, so she has a baby, and then she's, like, testing everything, like, super, 
I don't know, like in depth, like she's testing everybody and all of her results are now coming back normal and all the baby's results are coming back normal. Um, so like if you were poisoned when you were pregnant, like you would think that the baby would be affected, like, but everything came back normal. None of the labs came back with anything mm-hmm. for her or for the baby. Well, that's good for them. Yes. Um, did just a side note, which is interesting just because I think that she's a little nuts and like very likely to believe these like wild things that people tell her. Like she was like so ready to jump on this idea that she'd been poisoned because this like lab sent her back like, oh, you have higher than normal like metals in your hair, you know. She's like, I've been poisoned, like immediately jumping to the most drastic conclusion yeah. possible. She does not believe in vaccinating her children against anything. So she did not vaccinate her kid against anything. And I don't know if she's like one of the people that are like, oh, vaccinating kids like gives my kids these like crazy illnesses or she's like vaccinating my kids are going to put a tracker in them. You know, like how some people believe that either or I feel like she's just the type of person to believe in these like crazy conspiracies. Yeah, like conspiracy theories almost like even about herself. Like she's like, I've definitely been poisoned. Like he's definitely stalking me like. You know, she just seems like her mind comes up with these crazy notions and she just, like, runs with them. Just a side note I found interesting. So she also began to claim that Renee, Doug's second wife, had not died of a heart attack, but Doug had poisoned and murdered Renee. Um, The autopsy, like, clearly found that Renee had died from a heart attack due to a problem with her arteries. Yeah. Not with anything to do with, like, medication or drugs or poison or, like, anything suspicious like that. Like, but she was, like, he definitely killed her. The fact that she brings that up. Yes. like, yeah. no. Yeah. That did not happen. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like, she just, despite all the facts, she's, like, coming up with these crazy things. And she's, like, now is convincing herself that they're true. Yeah. Um... Ashley was, like, dead set on this theory. Like, she reached out to his, like, cousins, and she reached out to, like, her friends and whatever, and his friends, and I was like, can you tell me about, like, Renee's death? Like, was it suspicious in any way? Like, how did she die again? So she was just, like, trying to kind of spread this rumor that he had murdered his wife, which is crazy. And she and her mom, Alicia, so I think she moved to Florida, like, kind of what you were saying when she was, like, when you were like, oh, I wonder if she'd, like, talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, her mom is really backs her up on like everything that she says so i think like she and her mom are both kind of nuts like probably where she gets it yeah it's her mom (laughs) they're both kind of nuts so um she and her mom alicia even went to eva like doug's daughter and was like you're not safe like your dad killed your mom like you're not safe with him Oh, Which imagine is like, hearing that. I know. Like, your mom was tragically passed away, and then now this woman's telling you your dad killed her. And Eva's like, I was literally the one that found her. Like, she died of a heart attack. Like, there was nothing about her that suggested she died from being poisoned or killed or anything. Like, I was the one that found her, and that was, like, a super traumatizing event for me. Like, fuck off, basically. So she was not mm-hmm. happy about this. So Ashley now wanted a restraining order against Doug. So she was like, he is going to kill me just like he killed his second wife, and I want a restraining order against him. And by this time, like, Doug had figured out that Ashley had had the baby because, like, 
it had been nine months yeah. so like she didn't tell him but it's so like <laughs> but so she he figured out that she had a baby um and so he was like kind of coming after her as well because he wanted custody of his kid which is like normal like he's like you just like picked up and left with like my child like you can't really do that no especially when you're married yeah yeah you need to go through the legal process yeah. like you said and he wasn't like cps didn't prove that he's like a danger to his dog yeah. or anything so he, he can still get half custody yeah so he was trying to do that so doug took ashley to court in july 2018 for custody of their daughter because like up until this point like she had literally just been ignoring him like not um like she was staying in florida she was not responding to any of them any of her texts like going to like all these like weird treatments like at one point she went to this like this thing called like a hyperbaric chamber which is like what? it just seems like one of those things where you know like people are like oh it clen- it detoxifies you like it cleanses you but it's definitely like you're just paying to like sit in like a bath of water for like two hours you know yes. like it's definitely just it's like not real it's not real but like she so she went to that with like this baby for like a month straight like all these like crazy things done in yeah. florida and that looks bad on her because she is not responding to him yeah so that'll affect her in court. Yeah. If they get make it to that. <laughs> so in July twenty eighteen they went to court and then like randomly during the hearing, Ashley's like, He can't have custody of my daughter because he poisoned me and he killed his oh wife. So she was like, Here are the results and she like provided these results from the lab that were like, You have higher than normal heavy metals in your hair. But those don't did not really prove anything. Prove that <laughs> like, he poisoned you and that he killed The judge his wife. was like, Okay, like what <laughs> so she was not convinced the judge was not convinced and so she's like that's all i have like that's all but i know he was poisoning me um so the judge was like you're nuts and so she actually said like this is like word for word she was like there is not a single scintilla of credible evidence that mrs benefield has ever been poisoned or suffered from any illness of any poison so she was like absolutely not like <laughs> nothing happened to you. Did she make up the whole thing like when she was sick? Or you think she actually believed it? I think she, I think she actually believed it. Like, I think that, I don't know. She just seems like the kind of person to like actually believe in that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, maybe she like made up the whole thing like just to get custody of her daughter. Like, maybe she was like, oh, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And she's just like so toxic and crazy that she's like, I can't just like gracefully exit out of this marriage like i have to claim all these crazy things like maybe but just from like the way she keeps on like pushing this whole theory and like even further and further like i think she's like genuinely convincing herself Mm -hmm. that like he and like i said she like doesn't believe in her vaccinating her kids so like who knows what she (laughs) believes in so after this doug did gain partial custody of his daughter because the judge is like you are crazy like you're a crazy woman like he's not poisoning you so he he got partial custody of the daughter and they actually met outside of the courtroom a few days later to kind of exchange the baby and just kind of talk about whatever logistics and then suddenly ashley was like super nice to him like really warm and like really kind to him and was like oh doug like i can't wait for us to like try and make this work for our child again like when things didn't go her way she was like, so oh, I need to try another, like, another option. Like, I need to try this again another way, you know? Like, she, like, 
felt like she needed to change tactics to kind of like mm. get what she wanted you know yeah so she even suggested that the three of them doug and ashley and the baby spend like time together they're like oh well now we have to be like a family like girl you just brought this baby like you just you just accused him of murdering his <laughs> and now you're like no we should definitely go get dinner together like what about el pollo loco like you like that like and there's one right across the street i hope he did not say yes but i'm he did so for the next year ish like almost a year i think it was like nine or ten months or whatever the relationship was like a little bit more stable so they kind of like stabilized out they didn't really have any more fights and ashley didn't seem to like accuse him of anything else at least to his face but doug and ashley went to marriage counseling and doug moved to a nearby apartment in florida so this time like the ballet is done like I think he tried to make it work, like, by firing half the dancers, but then it was just, Mm. it kind of crumbled with, like, everything that was going on in his life. Like, I think he was kind of, like, screw it. Like, I'm not putting time or energy and money into this. Yeah, this is not, like, his dream, so he probably doesn't feel as passionate as she did. Exactly. So, during this time, Doug is, like, super suspicious of Ashley Probably because she accused him of poisoning her. And she's like, well, I, he's like, well, I don't know what she's going to accuse me of next. So, like, he becomes, like, really suspicious of Ashley. So he began recording their conversations, like, recording any conversations they had with a marriage counselor. He put a tracking device on her car, and he hired a private investigator, investigator to kind of, like, look into her actions when she was away from him, which is, like, not the healthiest option. Like... They like, clearly don't trust each other. <laughs> they clearly don't trust each other. They clearly are like, this is not a healthy relationship. Like, if you have to put a tracking device on people's cars Just and record up. your conversations so that they don't accuse you of, like, poisoning them and trying to murder them, like, I feel like you should probably not be in this relationship yeah. anymore. Um, so then, interestingly enough, like, he hired this, like, private investigator, and this private investigator was like, she's actually seeing another man. Like, she just got proposed to by another what? man. So she had, like, been, like, hanging out with this, this another man this, like, entire time. Isn't she still married? Yes. So she was like, yes, like, I love this man now. So finally, in November um, 2019, so they had been, like, trying to make this work for, like I said, like, almost a year, like, and Doug was like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to file for divorce. Mm-hmm. And he wanted full custody of their daughter so he was like this girl is crazy like wacko like i want full custody of my daughter i don't want to share custody with you but like i want a divorce um so this is november 2019 and in february 2020 like when they're trying to go through this obviously COVID hit so like right in the middle of this whole thing when they're trying to think about the terms for getting a divorce try and like figure out the lawyers to go to and everything uh COVID hit so everything like stops like everything shuts down like all of that kind of stuff is like not really happening at least in those first few months and both of them like decide to quarantine separately but they're also slowly trying to reconcile so I guess she like stopped seeing this other man but they're trying to like make it work with them and the baby and like quarantining um so they began like texting again and kind of seeing each other slowly and in, um, in a, a few months later, um, Ashley proposes that 
they both move to Maryland together to start completely over. Like, they move away from Florida, from Charleston. They move to Maryland to start over. Doug, what do you think Doug said to that? I hope he said <laughs> Fuck no, but I'm guessing he said yes. Doug said, sure, (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Eva is probably so mad at this point. Like, (laughs) like, I'd be so mad. Yeah, especially since she can't, like, not go with that since she's still underage. Yeah. Um... So, Doug is, like, I guess, you know, the baby is probably part of it, like, he probably doesn't think he can get full custody and he just like still believes he can like kind of rescue this marriage and like save this marriage or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why he's so obsessed with her. Like she's pretty, but she's not like that pretty. Like I like a little look at pictures, but like she's not like gorgeous. She's, she's really pretty, but she's not like a bombshell. Like I feel like, like he's, I don't know, not, not good enough for this, for whatever this is. Yeah, especially, no, after everything she said and done, and like what she believed you, to be true, yes. and how she switched up so quickly. Yeah. That's just so suspicious. Yeah, so... Is I, he that desperate for a wife? I guess so. Like, and maybe buddy, he's doing it for the baby. You're fine. But, yeah. anyway, so, Doug is like, hell yeah, like, let's move to Maryland. Would love to. So, on September 27th, 2020, they're preparing to drive up to Maryland, so I guess they had, like kind of maybe rented a place or something or bought a house up in Maryland. Anyway, they, they have a place prepared. So on September 27th, um, they, they want to drive up. And this is three days before a new custody trial is supposed to take place. So like they had kind of scheduled this custody trial where Doug and his lawyer were going to request more custody. I don't know what the agreement was at this point, but Doug was requesting more. Like like I said, he wanted more, if not full custody of their daughter. So this is three days before that's going to happen. Okay. And Doug's lawyer also had told Doug, um, bro, I would be really suspicious about moving to Maryland because it kind of seems like she's just trying to go to like a new court system where they had never heard your case before. Like they had heard it in Florida and they had heard it in South Carolina, yeah. but it's like they've never heard it in Maryland. So he was like, I would just be a little suspicious about this. Like, do what you want. But like, it just seems like she's trying to like, quote, start over and yeah. finally someone with advice kind of like snake you yeah. out of whatever, you know, like get her case heard again and like try again. Yeah. But I was like, no, I love her. Like, we have to go to Maryland. So anyway, it's September 27th, 2020. Um, and it's Sunday night, um, and Doug is over at Ashley and Alicia's house. So they're all in Florida right now. Doug is, like, helping them pack up their U-Haul or whatever to move up to Maryland. Um, Alicia is suddenly like, I'm going to go take the baby for a walk. So she takes the baby. The baby's, like, two, I think, at this point. The, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, she takes the baby for a walk down to the neighborhood park. So she leaves. So it's just Doug and Ashley at this house. Mm-hmm. So suddenly a neighbor here is screaming and this neighbor calls 911. They're, she's, they're like, I heard screaming somewhere. I don't know what's happening, but like there's screaming going on in this neighborhood. And then Ashley walked to a different neighbor's house and she is carrying a 45 caliber handgun. Mm-hmm. So she walked next door um, with her gun, like, in her hand, like, she's still holding the gun, and she tells the neighbor, I shot Doug in self-defense. 
So she like walks over to this neighbor's house and like uh, like knocks on the door and is like, I just shot my husband in self defense. And the neighbor's okay. like, What the hell? So the neighbor like calls nine one one and the neighbor's like, um, it was like right next door to me. She just came over. Her estranged husband attacked her. She said, and she said she shot him in self defense. And it just seems like I don't know. She like immediately was like, she was like, I shot my husband. Like, what do I do? Like. Yeah. Please help. Call 911. She's like, I shot my husband in self-defense. It was in self-defense. Did I tell you that it was in self-defense? Like, I had to. It was in self-defense. Like, like okay, then call the police. Yeah, no. But So she was like, no, self-defense. So the ambulance arrived pretty quickly after and picked up Doug. So they brought him to, like, a nearby hospital, doctor's hospital. Um, and Doug was actually alive at the scene. Like, he was breathing at the wow. scene. Um, but he died an hour later. So they brought him to the hospital and he died an hour later. The police and EMTs who helped Doug, um, who like assisted him either in en route to the hospital, like picking him up or at the hospital, noted that he had been shot twice in his right leg and in his arm. And the bullet from his arm, like it was in the back of his arm. So it traveled into like his chest cavity, like from the back like if it enters like in the back of your arm and it like travels through so like that's kind of like the fatal wounds that he got um because i was like his arm like but it was like really like his chest like it was mainly his chest yeah because i understand the leg Mm -hmm. one for self-defense yeah if you're trying to like stop them you know um and there were also other bullets found in the walls around him. So they noted that, like, at the scene, there was not only bullets that, like, he had been shot, but there was, like, multiple other bullets found in the walls around him. Um, Ashley was not arrested because she claimed it was self-defense. Mm-hmm. So, like, she said, you know, she had been the one that shot him. So they didn't need to do, like, an investigation or, like, take statements or anything. I feel like they still should. Yeah. But so she claimed it in self-defense and that she was, like, forced to shoot him to keep himself safe. So, Ashley's mother, like I said, you know, when she's just coincidentally out on this walk with this, this child, not, not in the scene of the murder, the murder at all, um, she get back and she told the detective, she's like, my daughter and I were, have been victims of Doug's abuse for years. Like, we've been living in fear of Doug for three and a half years, and we had tried to get help, but like, nobody helps us, and we just don't know what to do anymore, so I'm not surprised it came to this. So she was definitely, like, backing her yeah. up, too. This is why I think that they had been kind of in cahoots. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, they had definitely been talking. Like, they were on the same page over whatever this was. They were on the same page. And Ashley's lawyer was like, oh, well, right now, Ashley's actually creating an escape plan to run away from Doug. I think you're moving to Maryland together. <laughs> what do you mean you're creating an escape, an escape plan? <laughs> like, why would you move to Maryland together? And, like, Ashley, you're the one that brought this up. Like, if you're moving... Like, what? That makes no sense. Yeah, and her lawyer is like, actually, she was supposed to run away the very next day. Like, she, <laughs> like after this happened, just... She was actually supposed to run away the next day. Like, she had a, a phone, a new apartment somewhere. Like, she was supposed to run away tomorrow. So, they, they, Ashley and her mom and her lawyer are like, this is self-defense, and I've been living in fear of him for three years, and I just, it was self-defense, and I had no other option. Like, I had to kill him. A detective at the scene, however, noted that Doug 
did not have any access to any guns or weapons at the time of the shooting. So there was nothing found on him or even around him that could have been used as a weapon. So, like, no guns, no, like, even, like, knives, no, like, I don't know, baseball bats or anything. Like, there was nothing on his person that he could have used to hurt her. So it would only be his hands. Like, he would only have been able to be, like, using his hands to kind of harm her. Yeah. Um, however, there was absolutely no marks on Ashley's body that gave, like, any indication that she was harmed, like, in any way. So there was no bruises. There was no, um, like, I don't know what else. Like, there's like, nothing wrong. I don't know. She didn't have any broken bones or anything. Like, there was nothing. And the only thing that was on her body was, like, a scratch that was, like, determined to be like very old like it was not it was not like fresh you know it was like a week old or whatever but like besides that there was like nothing on her body that determined like he had even touched her yeah it's like what are you defending yourself against so they were like that's a little suspicious because you're telling me that it's self-defense yet he had no weapons he had no access to weapons he was not like in any way able to get any weapons and yes, maybe he was really powerful and like he could have hit you or choked you out or something, but it's like they found nothing on your body to even suggest that he had come close to them. Like yeah. nothing, no marks or anything. And forensic investigators who examined Doug's body um, after he was taken away for the autopsy claimed that the way that the bullet had entered his body showed that Doug was not even facing her when he was shot. So he was shot in the back. So the back of his legs were shot and then the back of his arms were shot. And so it traveled through like the back of his arm, like into his chest cavity. And that's what killed him. So police were like, okay, so girl, you have no, he has no weapons and you have no scratches on your body. And now he's being shot from the back. Like how is this self-defense? Like this is not self-defense. Ashley's lawyer is like, I'm challenging those forensics. And he's like, I'm going to claim that it wasn't from the back like he's trying to claim it's from the front but the trial hasn't happened yet so like we don't know any evidence that he's gonna present but he's he said that he's gonna challenge his forensic at the trial um but right now the professionals say that he's shot from the back which yeah that like seems to be the case. i feel like they know like i mean i think that the bullet like obviously like entered through and like exited the other side but it's like you can determine that you know like you can determine like based on like where the where the more force is, you know, you, like you can kind of determine like where things happen. So yeah, like, I feel like that's pretty clear to them, especially yeah. since that's their job. Like they're trained like, on it. Yeah. So I don't know. So, um, more than a month after the shooting, so this is like a month and a bit later. In November of 2020, Ashley was charged with second degree murder. So, not first degree murder because they can't prove that she planned it. So there's, like, nothing. They found nothing in her possession or nothing, no recordings, nothing. Yeah, (laughs) maybe she had given up on this by that time (laughs) because it obviously had not worked out very well for her in the past. Um, So they weren't able to to find anything that suggested she had planned it, so that's why it's not first-degree murder. It's second-degree murder. Like, it just happened. Mm -hmm. So they charged her with second-degree murder, um, and she was arrested, but she was released on bond. So I don't know who paid her bond, but probably her she, mom. Yeah, but she was like arrest, uh, released, um, and that was the last update in the case. So that's November of 2020. Now it is September 2022. So this is like two years later. 
She's still free. She lives with her mom and her daughter. Um, and she, I mean, she has like an ankle bracelet, so she can't like just like go Anywhere. gallivanting around. But like, she's still not in prison. Um, and there's still no trial date scheduled. So they have not like scheduled anything to bring her to trial. Uh, um, but is it's expected to p- take place sometime in 2023. So they have said like they want really it to take time. place in 2023. I don't know when, but they have not scheduled a trial date. So as of now, that's the very last thing that we know. Um, obviously, like no evidence has been released up until this point because they kind of the people like the trying to prosecute her kind of probably want to keep it under lock and key. Like yeah. the police want to keep their evidence under lock and key. So we don't really have access to like a lot of the things that might have been found at the scene or a lot of like Doug's autopsy reports that might prove certain things. Um, so we don't have a lot of information about, like, how the trial is going to go, but right now it is two years later, and she's just out and about with her mom and her daughter, just kind of, like, living her life after shooting her husband yeah. and killing him. It's probably because of COVID. Yeah. Maybe they're, like, backed up. I think so. But I haven't heard of a case, like, or, like, have to wait over two years It's Isn't it crazy? Trial. Yeah. So, I know. So, it's like kind of like a split thing. Because, like, Eva and Eva's whole family and Doug's whole family is like, she's crazy. Like, she planned this. I don't, like, there might not be any proof, but she definitely planned this. Like, Doug was trying to get more custody of the baby. Like, she planned to kill him. Like, they even said that, um, Eva even said that somebody called her, like, that day or the next morning or whatever because she hadn't heard from her dad in a while and they called her the next morning and she's like oh we need to talk to you about her dad and the first thing that she said was oh, she's killed him hasn't she like she knew that like oh my God. something had happened between like ashley and and her dad yeah because she's like i knew something was wrong like yeah. he hadn't texted me and he always texts me in the mornings like i knew something was wrong so that's so sad for her. I know. She's like definitely one of the biggest victims in this yeah. whole thing because she like lost both of her parents and it just seems like even the last years of her life before that, like her dad was just like like caught up with Yeah, this with girl, the whole thing. So I don't know, but I think Ashley like genuinely did believe he was poisoning her or like harming her in some way like I think she's a little crazy yeah it seems like like but it was definitely premeditated I think like no matter if she just like wanted to make sure he didn't get custody of the baby or like she was like oh I have to kill him before he gets rid of me like I think it was definitely premeditated like it was not in reaction to anything he was doing like I do not think it was self-defense in any way yeah it just doesn't sound like it based on what evidence is right now yeah, and then just, like, even, like, what his family... His family is, like, no, like... Yeah, they he was know not him. violent with us at all. Like, yeah. he definitely... I mean, they're, like, well, we don't know, what, like, what he was like with her, but, like, he had never been violent with his second wife. Like, mm-hmm. she never claimed anything. Like, nothing at all had, like, ever come out bef- about him before this mm-hmm. whole thing happened. You know? Wow. Well... 
I'm looking forward to seeing like what happens during trial. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep our eyes open on that. And the moral of the story is if you are in a relationship with somebody who claims that you're poisoning them, you should probably break up with them. <laughs> and also the moral of the story is don't get married after 14 yeah. days of meeting someone. Exactly. Because <laughs> things might not end so well. And don't try and create a ballet company <laughs> with no money and not give them enough shoes to wear. Yes. And don't work for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get on his plane. <laughs> oh, and then also, just like a side note. So she was like, oh, yeah, Trump loved me. Like, he called me his, like, baby bombshell or whatever. And then, like, this thing was all happening. And like, I guess it kind of came out that she had worked for him. And so people, like, asked Trump. They're like, do you know who she is? And he's like, I've never seen her before in my life. <laughs> So, I don't yeah, know. he probably didn't want to get involved with that. He's like, oh, no. Even he, even he realizes, like, it's a bad idea. So, that's all. Well, Crazy tale. Yeah, so we'll catch you on the next episode.